0: Hey, no matter how qualified you may or may not feel, just remember that you are always more qualified than I am.
1: It feels good.
0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to Tremendous, a podcast about seeds. I'm Brady. Woo! Sorry, I didn't mean to get so excited. I'm Catherine. It's <laughs> okay. Just cut me off. <laughs> you want to redo it? I'm sorry. Well, I didn't until you asked if I wanted to redo it five four three two hey everybody welcome back to tremendous a podcast about seeds i'm brady yeah. oh, I did it again. all right we're not we're not doing it again we're keeping all of this in so everyone can oh. know how you're stepping on toes in the relationship
1: <laughs> i'm just used to doing the intro
0: <laughs> you're cutting me off
1: <laughs> i'm kat i'm one of the co-hosts but i should be rejected on my co-host uh abilities or if,
0: if you haven't figured it out yet this week we're talking about seeds
1: i'm very excited i learned that seeds are like the whole reason for eating basically
0: i learned that you have a secret update
1: <gasps> oh i do have a secret update <laughs> <laughs> So last episode you said that we could not get married because I haven't watched Brave. And I would like to
0: update everyone, I have watched Brave now. You watched Brave without telling me? I did because I wanted to tell you on the podcast. What uh well okay. I can't I'm and initially I was upset. <laughs> but I understand that. This is an exciting no. development. I mm-hmm. before we go completely off topic and only talk about Brave for the next hour. Just give me like uh-huh. a quick summary. What'd you think?
1: I liked it. I th- it was better than I thought it was going to be. I love her hair in it. It's just like, it reminds me of myself, like just like hair that's not kept. <laughs>
0: Crazy wild red hair.
1: Yeah. And then like, it, I actually thought it was really funny when her mom turns into the bear. I like, I like actually laughed out loud. I
0: don't know why I was, it was really good. I remember being really shocked in the theater when that happened. Cause it, at the time, it wasn't really advertised in any of the trailers. Like, mm-hmm. everything in the trailers was the first five minutes of the movie when she's riding the horse and doing the archery and, like, hanging mm-hmm. out with her brothers. And that was all the trailers. And then, like, you see a bit of the scenery and, like, hear her voice. And that was it. So <laughs> I got into the theater, and that happened in, like, the first five, ten minutes. And I was like, I, have, I don't know where this is going. This is exciting. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I thought it was better than, like, most kid movies that they make nowadays. Cause I like, I'll watch some of them and I'm like, this is like, like meaningless. (laughs) (laughs) But Brave is not meaningless. I shed, I shed a single tear. I actually have a photo to send you of me crying.
0: (laughs) Oh, I can't wait to see this. I cry every time I watch that movie.
1: It's so good. It never
0: fails to hit me.
1: Okay. I sent you the photo of me with the tear, but. All
0: right. We'll make sure to post this on Twitter.
1: (laughs) No, absolutely not. It's a really bad photo, but. No, it's it. I really liked it, and I'm glad I watched it.
0: When did you watch it? Doesn't matter. Was it last night? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I was gonna say like, there's no way you can sit on a secret for that long. I know. Now I want to watch it again. Maybe I'll do that tonight.
1: Sounds it's a good uh, fall movie. Speaking of, it's the fall equinox was yesterday. So happy fall!
0: I know. I'm so excited. We are both already hoodied up. We're yep. wearing beanies. Mm-hmm. I'm wearing sweatpants again. It's so nice to not have to wear shorts every friggin' day.
1: hmm I made an apple crisp yesterday. I planted fall bulbs. And uh, tonight, I'm stuffing a pumpkin and baking it. And I'm very excited.
0: I planted some grass. Mm-hmm. And it's growing like crazy. Look at this. It doesn't That's look like grass. like It looks like plastic. I know. Isn't it perfect? But like... It looks like the plastic is like the initial growing like protection,
1: mm-hmm. as the
0: grass continues to push through it, and then the plastic fades away.
1: What kind of grass is that, babe? Cat grass. Thank you.
0: I only know because it's written on the package. <laughs> I'm excited for it to like come in and get more full.
1: I know. I'm. I am too. And I can't. I hope the kitties like to eat it.
0: Will it get full like a lawn?
1: Okay. Uh, Not like a lawn, but it will get, it'll grow pretty tall.
0: If I keep planting seeds, would it get like a lawn?
1: It might. Yeah, it'd have to be like really compact or whatever.
0: Okay. Cause I still have a lot of seeds. That's good. Awesome. Well, speaking of seeds, babe. Yeah. Why don't we, uh, why don't we get started? Why don't you tell us why seeds are so important?
1: You know, I was gifted a book about seed saving. And before I was even given this book, I had been on this like little trail. It was like, what did they call it in Brave, the little blue thing?
0: Will of the Wisp. We talked about it last time.
1: I know the Will of the Wisp. I just watched the movie. Is like leading me to this like path of understanding, like the full life cycle of a plant, and basically how the seeds are like the like they're so important for our community, or ecosystem. I mean ecosystem for food production, and just like for morality of our everything you know they're like they're like i don't even know what i'm trying to say they're like the,
0: the building the blocks
1: yeah like the building blocks um so i was gonna give a short little history thingy um we benefit the most from growing our own food growing many different types of foods and planting many different types of seeds and collecting and trading them like I've just learned so much about seeds in the past week and I'm really excited.
0: Why don't you give us some some cool seed facts? What have you learned over the past week?
1: Well, I'm going to go like really, really basic like biology. So plants that... Okay, yeah. Plants that produce... is what I need. (laughs) I know. I was like trying to like type it out after reading all these things about seeds. I'm like, what do people need to know that don't know anything about plants? So... Plants that produce seeds are called higher plants. And that's mostly what we're going to be talking about today. And so it, we have higher plants and we also have lower plants and lower plants produced by spores. And so that would be like ferns and mosses. I don't know if you've ever turned the, um, a fern leaf over on the back side of it. It has all those like little orange dots. That's how it reproduces. So we're talking about higher plants. So there are gymnosperms, which means naked seed. And then there are angiosperms, which means seeds in the fruit. And an example of a gymnosperm would be conifers and like ginkgos. And conifers, they don't really produce seeds, but they do produce seeds. I take it back. But it <laughs> comes with the cone. Does that make sense? Like the seeds are within the cone and you have to harvest the cone and treat the cone a certain way to be able to sprout conifers. So like
0: What's an evergreen. Of a, okay, well, there you go. Cause I knew I had heard the term conifer before, but I couldn't, I couldn't picture what it was.
1: Yeah. It's like everything that's in the mountains.
0: (laughs) Like a, like a pine tree, for example.
1: Yep. Exactly. Pine cone.
0: We love a good pine cone. Yes, we do. What about elm?
1: Yes. That's what oh
0: look at me go. Well, you
1: think cones cones,
0: like I'm supposed to know that elms have anything to do with cones.
1: I have no idea. I could be wrong, (laughs) but okay. So we have those and then we have angiosperms and that's, Basically, what we're going to be talking about, which is the seeds that are in the fruit. And so we take angiosperms and we divide them into two other categories. We have monocots and dicots. And this kind of refers to this is going to relate back to your um to your cat grass. Mm-hmm. So when you take a seed and you sprout it, it produces a leaf. So monocot is when there's only one leaf, and your cat grass is a monocot. So you see, it didn't come up with two leaves in the beginning; it was just one straight leaf.
0: So it's one growth per seed.
1: Yeah, one little leaf per seed.
0: Yeah,
1: dicots have two leaves, and is it so always
0: you... two, or is it two or more? It's two. Okay.
1: So monocots, dicots. And that's a really important to distinguishing when you're planting a seed because there are only certain plants are dicots and only certain plants are monocots. And that's how you can help identify things. So you plant a seed, it sprouts its leaves, but those are not its true leaves. Its second set of leaves it gets are true leaves. And those are the leaves that have like the characteristics of the plant. So like a maple leaf or like, that's not like, well, I'm just going to, I'll just use maple leaf, but that's not accurate. So it has like the five, five points on a leaf or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you wouldn't see characteristics like that till its second set of leaves.
0: Oh, okay. Is that like how the cat grass has like, I don't know, this lighter protective layer that then the actual mm-hmm. blade of grass is growing out of?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like the actual blade, the blade of grass is like the actual leaf and then the...
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Protective thing is like the pre-leaf. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what you called it. Monocot. Monocot. Thank you.
1: Yeah. So I Googled it because I was like, I think that means that Brady's catgrass is a monocot because it's just one little spike. And it's kind of, I know this is a podcast about seeds, but we kind of have to talk about the whole life cycle of a plant to talk about seeds.
0: Okay. Well, hit me. Seeds okay. are, we start with seeds, right?
1: Yeah. So we start with seeds. We plant it, produces its leaves, then it gets its... um it's true leaves, and then it goes on to grow through its life. And then things have to flower to produce the seeds. Um, sometimes this happens in one growing season. Sometimes it can take up to three years for a plant to produce its seed. And in most cases, pollination can It needs to occur for seed production. So I'm going to, for an example, I'm going to be talking about like a squash plant because we're pretty familiar with that. It's just like a long vine. It has big yellow flowers. Mm -hmm. So the squash vine produces both female and male flowers on the vine and then a bee will come in and do its work, bounce from flower to flower, mixing the male and female pollination or particles or whatever. So after the bee comes through and pollinates, it produces the fruit that grows. In the case of the squash vine, the seeds are within the fruit. So, you know, you cut open whatever squash it is. You have to scoop out the seeds. Yeah. But in other cases, there are different types of like ways where the seed is produced. So like we, whatever the edible part of the plant is, and then the the seed pod forms or the basil leaf grows and grows and becomes a big uh, bush. And we could, if we don't cut down the basil bush, the seed pod grows up at the top. And so sometimes one flower can have both female and male parts to get pollinated. Sometimes the bee has to do the work. Um, if people, sometimes things are hand pollinated and gardeners will be out in the garden with a paintbrush growing from flower to flower to make sure each flower gets pollinated.
0: Are there any that are self-pollinating?
1: yeah so it would be like the the plants that have the both the male and female parts inside the flower or have um yeah, it would be that
0: oh, okay, do you know an example off the top of your head?
1: For some reason I'm like the avocado but i can't <laughs> I can't think of anything right now, but it was interesting in my like studies like i was they gave an example of, like the shape of a blueberry flower is really similar to the shape of the blueberry. Mm -hmm. that we eat and i thought that was really interesting but i think it's um it's kind of like it's so there's so many ways that a flower could be set up and so many ways that it could be pollinated and so many ways that it can be crossed that it would be hard for me to single down on one thing
0: and when you say flower that's like a general term for any plant or any type of plant right like it's not specific to flowers like this applies to fruits and vegetables and Mm -hmm. other plants Fruits
1: and veggies have to flower to get pollinated to produce whatever fruit that is right so like early spring your strawberries have little white flowers on them the bee comes to it produces the strawberry and then the seeds on the outside of the strawberry
0: so those little black dots on the strawberry are actually the seeds
1: yeah or where (laughs) seeds would come from sometimes it's picked too immature and then it doesn't the seed doesn't mature enough
0: so but if you were to let it keep growing the seeds would come through Mm -hmm. there and then have you you ever replant them
1: you could collect seeds from a strawberry yes have you ever heard of five minute craft no oh it's a horrible oh my god don't ever go looking for it it's this horrible like oh you know like when they do like the camera angle above your hands like for cooking videos like
0: like a tasty video
1: Yeah, but it's like that for crafts, but it's so fake and they manipulate the situation. They'll be like, oh, you take, you harvest all the seeds off the strawberry and it will grow strawberry plants. It doesn't always work like that. Like seed collection is really complicated. I've learned in the past couple of days. Well,
0: because it's not as simple as just grabbing the seeds from the plant, right? Mm -mm. Like they have to be maintained and preserved in order to survive. Yeah.
1: So you have to plant your original seed, it has to grow into the plant it is has the flower has to get pollinated by a pollinator has to produce the fruit and then the seed after that and then you collect the seed but then after that you have to do so many special things for other seeds too i'm not like trying to like scare people away from collecting seeds but you have to know what you're doing
0: well that sounds like hard work it is <laughs> but it also sounds like like it's worthwhile you know mm-hmm. like the just i guess the ownership over controlling your own food supply or like your your own personal food chain through the process of like planting and then cultivating and then eating.
1: Yeah, and you could like cross poll- cross pollinate to like get different varieties, which I think is really cool, but also it that, that's like a couple year project.
0: <laughs> that oh, uh, I wish I could remember what it was, but I was reading not too long ago about all these different fruits that were that are just like cross pollinations of a single Original fruit, mm-hmm. and I, I, oh, I wish I could remember what it was. But like well, it was like for example, like uh, uh we start with a potato, and then we end up with like tomatoes and lemons and red pep, red bell peppers. Like it was something wild like that.
1: Oh, really? That I would be interesting. Yeah, like I'm interested was, to know.
0: It wasn't those specific ones because I think that would yeah yeah make any sense. But yeah, it was something like that. I, if <laughs> if I can find it, I'll I'll send it to you.
1: Nice. Okay. So people do like, you can like self-pollinate yourself, but there can be like, people do it so that, or I shouldn't say just the regular garden, but like growers and people who are farmers, they will like cross-pollinate to create stronger varieties. Like say plant A is really strong against a certain fungus, but plant B has the better flavor you would cross pollinate them to get the better flavor with the strong defense against the fungus.
0: Do you think it's a lot of trial and error to end up with both of those characteristics without losing one along the way?
1: Yes, I do think it is a lot of trial and error and there's um there's an argument in my book about why we should grow a lot of seeds instead of just growing like just a few uh, like cross-pollinated ones and it's because in well, here's just like one example of why. But in the 1970s, there is a uh, there's this thing called bacterial southern corn blight, which is when um, most of the corn that was grown in the same place, like a large like, quantity crop, lacked genetic diversity and resistance to the bacteria that's destroying most of the crop. And then there ended up being like a shortage. Mm hmm because they all planted the same thing or something really similar. And then none of the, none of that crop had defense against it and they lost all of the crop. And that's why crossbreeding is fun and growing a lot of the best one, the best seed is fun, but it also, it lacks diversity. So do biologically,
0: we, do we now plant things with more diversity and variety? Like, have we learned from that lesson?
1: I think we learned or I'm say, we like me and you, but like, I think like farmers and people, they know like what to look out for, like what, what corn, like what corn crop would be the most resistant or what would produce the most, but all the most, but also, um, remembering to rotate crops is really good.
0: Now when you so, say rotate.
1: Say you grow yellow corn one year, next year uh, you grow blue corn.
0: Gotcha. My, my dumb boy brain initially went to like, oh, we have to turn the corn 90 degrees
1: no, no a this different is...
0: exposure <laughs> to sunlight.
1: <laughs> Brady has never grown corn, but don't worry, guys. I will make sure that happens next year.
0: Well, you'll be psyched to know that the cat grass is the first thing I have ever personally grown.
1: It's going good. It's nice and green.
0: Well, so like the true blade of grass is coming out from the protective shell <laughs> is nice and green. Uh, Mm -hmm. that initial phase is like it's kind of like light green it looks very plasticky and rubbery so I was Mm -hmm. concerned when it first started sprouting through but oh no it's perfect yeah it's looking good I'm very excited uh for the first time I get to trim it
1: oh no you let the kitties eat it
0: yeah but they're not going to eat at all
1: I think they will I think they'll surprise you
0: you think so okay well we'll see
1: Come check back next episode to see if the cats ate the cat grass. I I was going (laughs) to
0: like get the scissors and treat it like a golf course.
1: Mm -mm -mm, We want them to eat it. Okay. I also learned about a new term in my seed book that I'm reading. It's called social roguing. So in agricultural, agricultural, God, I can't say it. In agriculture?
0: Agricultural.
1: No, not the role. Agriculture. Roguing refers to the act of identifying and removing plants with undesirable characteristics from agricultural fields. Rogues are removed from the field to preserve the quality of the crop being grown. But there's this thing called social roguing, where if a seed company puts out a display of seeds and everyone buys all their seeds, they collect it all, and at the end of the season, no one buys whatever the red tomato number five They will take that out and they will replace it with a more desirable seed to sell. And I thought that was kind of interesting because like there's so many options out there. But like companies will like only choose certain what they choose to what they think will sell. So it's like we have this opportunity to grow all these really cool plants, but it's dictated by kind of this market of seeds.
0: Is it visual? Is it like what the end product looks like? Like, is it the same as like uh, grocery stores only selling fruits and vegetables that look the best and not bothering with anything that's like a little misshapen or whatever?
1: No, I don't think so. I think it's people, everyone has such specific needs or wants for what they want for their garden that like, I feel like people come in, Oh, I don't want to grow purple carrots this year. I just want the big yellow carrots and then they only buy that. Or someone told me, Oh, this, the cilantro is the best cilantro, so I'm only going to buy this variety. I think it's like word of mouth and just personal preference and also like the sides of your garden like dictates what you buy.
0: That makes sense. Yeah, that, that does sound different to like some person going to the grocery store and not buying a, a specific tomato because it may be like lopsided and not symmetrical. Yeah.
1: And I know that COVID like has caused people to buy more seeds. We haven't sold this many seeds at the nursery in ever.
0: Do you have any people as to why that is?
1: I think people are having like feelings of like food insecurity, um, just like a little bit, and also people have more time in their hands. So they're able to sprout seeds instead of just buying the starts of the plant. Instead,
0: when you say insecurity, do you think it's a fear of the quality of food they could be buying, or do you think it's a fear that? Food supply may run short at some point. I think maybe a combination of both. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna say it's both. So at the beginning of COVID, I saw like the shelves cleared at grocery stores because I feel like people were like we didn't know what was going on. So we just stocked up.
0: Yeah, well there's the great toilet paper shortage of 2020.
1: Exactly. But I also noticed it was happening in food too. Like I was having problems finding certain foods. And then I also Like someone had told me that like the quality of pork had gone down because there's a ton of the like pork plants had been shutting down because of COVID. So they were rushing to get things out. So I think we're definitely there was confusion on whether or not we would have food. So food insecurity and then also the forced time frame of plants like being picked and like not being as fresh as they could be.
0: Are you there, Bridget? Yes, I'm sorry. I don't know why I went so silent. And I had no idea how to respond to that. And I saying something would have been better than saying literally nothing. And I apologize.
1: <laughs> well, you know, that's okay, because I'm going to keep talking. Okay. There, um, so there are these, have you ever heard of a victory garden?
0: No, but I like the sound of it.
1: Yeah. So I'm just going to read this little blurb that I found on the Internet um, about Victory Gardens, but they're also called war gardens or food gardens for defense. And they were planted both at private residences and on public land during World War One and World War II to reduce the pressure on public food supply brought on by the war effort in addition to indirect aiding the war effort, those gardens were also considered like a civil like morale booster and the gardens could gardeners could feel empowered by their contribution of labor and reward by the produce they grow. And I learned about this a few months ago because I got an ad on my phone about starting a victory garden. and I was like, what the heck is that? And I just like, I think it's interesting. Like this year, people are like, we should grow our own food because we don't know if we'll have access to it.
0: Did this, you said uh, World War II, I think? I said both. Both? Both World Wars? Was it in North America or was it in Europe? It sounds like a I, European thing. I don't
1: know if it was... A, I, I'm pretty sure it was in North America.
0: Have you uh, seen the movie Dunkirk? Or no. are familiar with the battle of or Dunkirk from World War II?
1: No, but I hear it's a good movie.
0: <laughs> it, it's a good movie, but... Uh, the story of it is uh, it's like an actual thing that happened in World War Two. British forces were stranded in France um, mm-hmm. as the Germans were about to attack and they couldn't get back to England, which is it's not like the English channel isn't very wide. Like you can see one country from the other when you're at the shores, Um, but the British forces in France didn't have any ships or any way to get back. So Mm -hmm. what happened was any civilian that owned a boat in England sailed across the channel to pick up the soldiers. And that's how everyone got back. It was like a, a monumental public effort to literally bring the troops home uh, mm-hmm. from the war. So when you started talking about that I was, I was like that sounds like it sounds like a very British thing to do. Like just to grow your own food. Yeah, anyone that has work. some land and some garden space is going to start growing crops so that everybody can, can be sure that they're going to have food. Yeah, if if the worst should happen.
1: Mhm. So I think this victory garden push is definitely like the result of COVID. Absolutely.
0: Well, the the I, I I would call it a resurgence in victory gardens.
1: Yes, exactly. I, are <laughs>
0: like, you starting a victory garden?
1: I'm not starting a victory garden. Um, I didn't feel like we would actually run out of food here, <laughs> which is a very privileged feeling. I will say that it is. Um, yes. But I just thought it was interesting because, like, when you think of like essential businesses, Garden Center doesn't come up to me as essential, but it is essential, in a way. And I was listening in on a a meeting between like nursery owners, and mm-hmm. they were like highly encouraged to get their seeds in now instead of bringing them in at the end of winter, which is something so like unique, like unique to this year. Like before, we usually by this point in the year we stopped selling seeds, but now we have a full rack of seeds, and people are like buying them, You're and still I'm just like, them, yeah. Yeah, people. I think people still feel like, oh, I don't know about this. And I actually had a customer come in at the beginning of the year, and she's like, oh, do you have these certain seeds? And I'm like, yes, we do. La 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 And she's like, yeah, I need to grow grow them because I don't know if they'll be like the. They were just like a certain type of greens. It's like she's like, I don't know if they'll have greens at the supermarket, and I have to feed my bearded dragon. I was like, whoa, this lady's taking on the um the time and effort to grow food just in case her bearded dragon can't get her like cilantro or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that was my one seed customer story. And I was like, that's the first time someone's ever asked me, what kind of greens do does a bearded dragon eat? And I'm like, I have no idea.
0: <laughs> yeah, that doesn't really sound like something you would cover at the nursery.
1: No, but. We helped her and she got her seeds and I'm sure her bearded dragon is still eating good.
0: Oh, she hasn't come back? Oh, I don't remember. I get actually I suppose you don't really need to continue buying seeds.
1: Yes and no. Like, so like, like
0: you you, could, you can't buy seeds in like a really small quantity, right?
1: Uh you can get just like a pack of seeds for a few bucks.
0: Yeah, but how many seeds would you say come in that little pack?
1: uh It depends on what you're buying. So, like, some will just have like a very small handful. Some will have like ten seeds. It kind of just depends.
0: Oh, okay, so ten is is a much smaller amount of seeds than I was expecting. Because like even a small right. handful of seeds could be like hundreds or thousands.
1: Right. Like, depending exactly. On the
0: size of the seeds.
1: I actually bought some potato seeds this year because I've never seen that before, and there was ten in the pack. So I was like, this pack feels very empty, and I, I had to open it.
0: <laughs> and did you plant them?
1: Oh no, I'm going to save them for spring.
0: Oh, okay. I I guess I, I suppose it would be too late to start mm-hmm. growing potatoes.
1: And then I had a very interesting um customer interaction earlier this week. This lady comes in and she's like, "Can you identify this seed?" And I'm like, "Do you know how many seeds there are in the world?" <laughs> <laughs> And so I will we've tried really hard. We were, I will say we were not able to identify it, but it was, it kind of looked like a sunflower seed, but it wasn't. And this is a very unique situation. This lady, she has, she apparently has, um, asthma and she had, she was given these seeds by, um, Lummi elders. So that's the, um, for nation first nations, uh, Tribe that's nearest yeah, and they had given it to her because it's supposed to help with her asthma and this past week before the sky cleared up was just so smoky and so hazardous for people who have breathing problems like that. And she was either chewing on the seeds or boiling the seeds, and they were like not, I don't want to say curing, but they were like helping her so much that she wanted to identify it and possibly so she could grow it and collect more seeds. And so I spent all this time trying to learn about it.
0: But no luck identifying no
1: no like i've been reading a few like books so i have um a book that's like on like native plants because obviously it's an indigenous plant to this area right but i have not solved the mystery because she the problem is um she didn't know what the plant looked like she didn't have the a common name she only literally only had the seed like i it was like hard to like base it off so i told her i was like you should try to sprout one of them and even just till if we get those second set of true leaves, then we might be able to identify it. Or right. if it only comes up with one leaf, like a monocot, then that like x's out some plants that it can't be.
0: Yeah. Any bit of information would be helpful. Do you think she's going right. to, is she a regular?
1: Uh, I think she will, but I, I'm not sure if we're ever going to get the answer, but I'm going to keep looking for it. I have a photo of the seeds on my phone.
0: <laughs> Do you have her information to contact her if you figure it out?
1: Uh, I think it's somewhere at the store.
0: All right. Seed watch 2020.
1: I know, right? We're going to get to the bottom of
0: this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just, I want to identify it so bad and it's been bugging me so much, but that was my interesting seed story and where I failed.
0: (laughs) I wanted to tell you to send me a photo so that I could like try to figure it out. But I I know that you're going to send me the photo and I'm going to look at it and I'm going to be like, yep, that's a seed. (laughs) Yep. That's the extent of my knowledge. (laughs)
1: i think it's i think it's a part of the aster family which i think is related to sunflowers but i don't know
0: i mean i i i don't know whether that's true but you said it looked kind of like a sunflower seed so i'm gonna say that you're you're right on the money but
1: (laughs) but the thing is is it had a casing around it like the casing was a little bit transparent and you could see the seed and that was like kind of hard to deal with too because i don't know what seed casings look like and like some seeds have that and some don't so it was like it was a defining character but i didn't know enough to make any like definite answer
0: it's a mystery we're gonna figure it out though
1: (laughs) so those are like all my basic seed facts kind of like a little life cycle of the seed and my weird seed stories and why we should be growing more and buying more seeds
0: that was very informative.
1: Mm-hmm. I hope it all made sense.
0: <laughs> I am excited for the, uh, my future of living with you and growing our own food.
1: It'll be interesting.
0: Being self-sufficient.
1: Yeah, that would be really cool. I like that idea. I'm excited. Um. So I want to know about this global seed vault.
0: Yeah, so we, we, we touched briefly on the importance of uh, maintaining and storing seeds um mm-hmm. are you familiar with the i should have practiced i should have practiced before <laughs> the svalbard global seed vault
1: just a little bit i i know just like just the basic Let information you, but will you explain it is it? not a
0: piece of ikea yeah. furniture as much as the <laughs> it name sounds like it, though. svalbard it, it sounds like a, a so footstool funny. or something it does a little bit <laughs> um so since 1984, the Nordic Gene Bank has stored backup Nordic Plank germplasm via frozen seeds in an abandoned coal mine in Svalbard, which is a city in Norway. Okay. Mm -hmm. In 2008, they merged with two other Nordic conservation groups and the Svalbard Global Seed Vault officially opened a month later. It was started by a conservationist named Carrie Fowler. And its mission is to preserve a wide variety of plant seeds and attempt to ensure against the loss of seeds during large-scale regional or global crises. Okay. When they opened in January 2008, February 2008 actually is when the doors actually opened, they had 18,000 samples with 500 seeds each.
1: Wow, that's crazy.
0: By the first anniversary, how many seed samples do you think they were up to? Twenty-eight thousand. No, full oh, no. seed samples by <sighs> the first anniversary.
1: That's, a, that's amazing. At that
0: point, the vault contained samples from approximately one third of the world's most important food crop varieties. That's so cool. By the tenth anniversary, how many samples do you think they were up to? Oh
1: my god! It gets it more. Gets more.
0: Is it a million? Nine hundred and sixty-seven thousand samples in the vault. I hope it doesn't Those, flood. <laughs> we'll get to that. Those 967,000 oh, no. samples represent over 13,000 years of agricultural history.
1: Oh, my God. This is so cool. I wonder if you can visit it like 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 a tour of it.
0: We're going to get to that. Okay. Now, uh, this was in 2018. So 967,000 mm-hmm. samples, 13,000 years of agricultural history. How much in US dollars do you think it costs per year to maintain the seed vault?
1: You know, I think I don't know because it's in it, it's in, in Norway. Norway. So I must make I'm gonna make an assumption that Norway's kind of cold. Very. And you do and the what I know about seed storing is that you have to maintain like certain yes, temperatures, certain moisture. Yes, so I think it it goes more beyond than just using like a heater and a cooler yeah. in winter and summer. So I think it's going to be expensive. Okay, take a guess. What what like what is my range? How much it costs to run it a year?
0: Uh it was specifically 2018. I couldn't find like a yearly average. But like this oh, is how okay. much it cost just for that year. The year they hit almost a million I, samples.
1: I I have no idea. Was it a million dollars?
0: It was less than a million dollars.
1: Okay, that's 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 a little really big
0: $10,000.
1: It's a lot because someone has to be doing the like, quality control. Yeah, that's
0: a shockingly little amount of money to maintain this facility for a year, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. I would kind of be stressed like, oh God, I can't Being let any of these seeds sprout. Them? Yeah. And <laughs> like I would that would not be my type well, of job.
0: <laughs> uh how do you think they store seeds in this vault? You you have a bit of knowledge of seed storage and maintenance.
1: Well, I imagine it's just like a giant cupboard or like a giant pantry and there's like jars or crates and things like that. A
0: little bit. So they put the seeds, uh, they're sealed inside three-ply foil packages. And then the foil packages are placed into just plastic tote containers on shelving racks. The facility itself Hmm. is kept at a, a permanent temperature of minus 18 degrees Celsius. Which is oh, that's, that's cold. minus zero point four degrees Fahrenheit.
1: I think that keeps it in um, keeps the seeds in dormancy. Exactly. Yeah. And then they,
0: it uh, what yeah. it specifically said, and because I don't have the knowledge to just translate this into non science talk uh-huh. or whatever. Uh, but it said the the cold temperatures and the seeds' limited access to oxygen ensures a low ensures low metabolic activity and delays the aging of the seeds.
1: Exactly. So I would.
0: And you know, i would think based on that that eventually they're going to like outlive their viability in the vault and have to be replaced at i some think point, so right?
1: but i yeah i they p- would probably be better if they replace them periodically yeah. instead of just waiting for like a doomsday event but high exposure or exposure to oxygen destroys the embryo of a seed and decreases its like um germination ability so that it all makes sense to me
0: yeah and uh i think you you sent it uh sent me a link so you've seen a photo of it but it's built literally inside a mountain in an old coal mine Mm -hmm. um so it's Mm -hmm. it's uh surrounded entirely by permafrost and that. Mm -hmm insulation of like the cold permafrost allows the facility to maintain the low temperature just in case the electricity ever fails.
1: Oh, good, good choice. They picked right? a good spot on planet Earth. And for that. since
0: it's open, there's been two instances of water intrusion. Ooh. Both were due to the permafrost thawing. However, because of the way they designed it, the water could not get more than a couple meters inside the door before it refroze. So the seeds have never been in danger.
1: But like global warming could be a threat to that
0: it could, but the the temperature inside the facility is cold enough to remelt whatever enters or uh refreeze whatever enters to re- yeah.
1: Yeah. oh, that is so interesting. I also find it not funny, but like coal mining not really good for the environment, but it's being repurposed yeah. to for something that I would argue is good I think for it's the environment
0: important, yeah
1: these are the things we don't think about, but we kind of have to now. I think global uh, disaster is going to become more common on, unfortunately. Yeah, well, the,
0: the, the Svalbard people are, are like the customer that came in trying to get seeds to feed her dragon, right? They just, they're doing it on a much larger scale mm-hmm. and they did it well in advance of anything actually going wrong. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I wonder who, what seeds Canada has given to the vault. Or if they
0: have. Uh, I don't know what specific countries. I'm pretty sure Canada has. and I feel like they would. I didn't write it down. I remember reading it, though. But there was a bunch of countries that had contributed. So basically, the vault functions like a safe deposit box in a bank where the government Mm -hmm. of Norway owns the vault and gene banks are allowed to deposit their own seeds within the vault, but they keep ownership of the seeds. And what this means Got is it. that nobody else can access them. So they're mm-hmm. only accessible. Uh, they, they can't be accessed from the vault itself. If researchers or plant breeders want to request samples, they have to do it through the gene bank that deposited them into the vault. Got it. And it wasn't until 2015 that the first are all from the first first withdrawal from the vault was made. Uh, and that was after the Syrian civil war. There was a seed bank in the region that had to move its headquarters and had difficulties transferring their collection. Uh, so they, they requested to withdraw some seeds to keep their, their um, I guess, keep their numbers up. And then two years later, yeah. they made a second larger withdrawal. Uh, but they have continued to deposit duplicate samples and return the var- varieties that they have withdrawn and grown. And
1: so they bounce, they bounce back. back. And
0: as of twenty March twenty eighteen, those are the only two withdrawals that's ever been made from the facility.
1: So that's really interesting. Well, like Syria went is going through went through like that horrible like destruction of the country yep. and like and but food is the baseline for right, and life because and it's so something important. Like this
0: existed. They were able to keep their was, own supply uh, there yeah. if necessary. That's pretty yeah. cool. I don't have like a, a clean way to tie this into it. But the last bit of uh, information I found out is that storing seeds in the vault is completely free. Any gene bank that wants to make oh. can do it free of charge. Uh, and primary funding from the vault comes from organizations such as the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation,
1: That's curious because I wonder how many people they employ. Because the
0: the vault or the Bill Gates Foundation. The The vault. Vault. I I wonder if I can quickly look it up. Let's let's stand by, people. It employs robust security systems. I'm sure. (laughs) But that's that's about it.
1: I wonder, like, how qualified you have to be. Can we? Can we and you run this vault? Or I, do you have to have a certain level? Of
0: I would be fairly confident that if we were to move to Norway, you could get a job there. Thank you. I bet you could. Also, okay. in general, we should probably move to Norway.
1: Sounds, sounds yep. cold, which yeah. is your favorite. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I like that seed vault. I wish I could contribute to it.
0: I don't know if civilians can. I think you have to be like a recognized gene bank. In order to do Probably. it.
1: Probably. Well, let's let's start one.
0: Why not? Nothing I mean, ever stopped uh, us from c- doing anything else we've wanted to do.
1: There you go. <laughs> that,
0: that's not like us for a small
1: Well, I want to talk about saving seeds a little bit, but basically, like my my biggest recommendation is to know the plant that you're saving seeds from and then to research it because each plant is so different. That I can't just say, oh, just use this technique because it might not work, you know. But the first book on seed saving was written in 1830, but most definitely people were saving seeds way before that. But I thought that was kind of interesting that someone's like, someone needs a guide to saving these seeds, and I'm going to write it.
0: Who who was the guy that decided to document? Oh, I don't know. Oh, come on.
1: But I, um, I just thought it was interesting because here I am sitting in the 21st century reading about seed saving. And it's just like an old time topic, but it seems like it'd be lame, but I think it's really cool. How Um, dare anybody call it
0: lame? How dare.
1: How dare. So (laughs) so I wanted, I found this interesting fact. No, it wasn't a yawn. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm trying to stay focused. Why aren't you
0: focused? Are you put off by my extensive knowledge and preparation?
1: No, it's great. Honestly, it felt pretty good. I just get to sit back. (laughs) I get to sit back and just listen. (laughs) Um, so I learned that some weed seeds can remain viable for uh, 50 years now. And that's why I will never get fucking buttercup out of my yard.
0: When you say, OK, so when you say weed, you mean like garden I mean, nuisances?
1: Yes, not okay. marijuana, which is interesting because we have like this vault that's like, we must take care of these seeds. And then there's like seeds in nature that are like, I'm never going away
0: yeah but th- with the the ones that are screaming they're never going away aren't necessarily the ones we want to maintain
1: that's true to an extent but i learned while i was um, working with master gardeners that we had there they have a weed garden where they teach people about growing weeds how to eliminate them and then actual like there's actually a lot more uses for weeds than you think like you can eat a lot of them and there's like medicinal uses so i thought that are was interesting. dandelions weeds Yes, and you can eat, you can make tea out of dandelions and you can eat the greens of dandelions. I was going to say you
0: can make wishes. That's really cute.
1: They're also really good for bees in the beginning of spring. I over my cuteness. No, I I acknowledged it. That is really cute, but But that's also how you spread them.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You said it was really cute and then did not take a second before jumping on the next thing.
1: I'm sorry. I understand. So yeah, the weeds that you want to get out of your yard, not happening but like a regular crop that you would buy from the store can, um, the seeds can last from like three to 10 years, but each year they lose a percentage of germination rates as the years
0: pass. And this is like the seeds in storage last that long. Yeah. These
1: are like the seeds you
0: buy. At but the like, door. it's not like you plant something and it, it'll it be viable for three to 10 years. This is like you buy the seeds and they they can sit on a shelf somewhere for this long until exactly. you like find time or get around to planting them.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then, um, so I said the first step to proper storage is knowing what seeds you're working with. Um, certain seeds have to be dried down to a certain degree. Some seeds will sprout in storage if they're not dried properly. And that's how I knew that the humidity of the vault had to be a certain, like set at a certain number because like they have to maintain these seeds without losing them.
0: Right. Yes.
1: um yeah you need to know the moisture contents of your your um, seeds that you're storing have to keep it at a certain temperature um you don't want to let your seeds directly dry in sunlight because it can also damage the embryos of the seed and you need the seeds are more viable if they're stored in cans or jars and then some seeds also go through a dormancy period Like you talked about keeping them at that low temperature. It keeps them in dormancy. And there are some like trees where like they'll be dormant for years before they sprout again. The tree
0: itself like that's already been planted?
1: The the seed that comes from the tree some seeds have a coating which you can which you talked, you wanted to know about soaking seeds and um, if a seed has a coating it's good to soak it for like 12 to 24 hours before you plant it and the only one i could really think of that i know that you do that for is sweet peas which is like the flower Mm -hmm. but they have like kind of like a hard shell and so soaking it helps soften it and helps like crack the shell a little bit and then they'll be ready to be planted more easily
0: there's a difference between pre-soaking a seed and like just watering it as you've planted it right like those are two completely there is
1: yeah it is yeah
0: so for the cat grass should i have soaked them first
1: you could have if you wanted to but i find that just planting it is just as easy okay
0: is cat grass its own variety of grass or is it just like... I'm pretty
1: like sure that? it's just wheat grass. Okay. So like, I think that's the grass that they make like shots out of. Like it's a certain type of wheat grass that's just marketed as cat grass. It says
0: like, hey, this is a safe thing for your pets to eat.
1: Mm-hmm. I usually tell people to grow it so that the cats will eat the wheat grass and not their house plants.
0: Yeah, which is precisely why you got it for me. And also why I have put it just below the plant I don't want them to eat.
1: I know. And I'm kind of... I also, for my own selfish needs, I wanted to see them eat it.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm going to keep an eye out. And if... I try to get like photo or video of them going for it once Mm -hmm. they
1: do. Cat grass (laughs) watch.
0: That's another hashtag. I know. I can't keep track of all the ones we've got on the go.
1: We need to make a list.
0: Let me ask you this. What is the easiest seed for a complete beginner to plant and watch grow? I was going to say... Whatever you said was wrong because it is absolutely the cat grass.
1: I know, and I that's why I was like, just plant it; it'll be easy. Like I knew you would be. I, I was so with paranoid
0: it. about doing it right or wrong or whatever, <laughs> but I literally put it in soil that had already been used for something else and chucked some water on it, and it's it started growing within a day.
1: I know, and don't take offense to this, but I usually recommend parents to buy cat grass when their kids want to watch something grow because it's fast and they get results. <laughs> faster than they would other plants
0: i i, I sure
1: full offense full
0: <laughs> i water it
1: <laughs> you cut out a little bit there i didn't
0: hear you oh how often should i water it
1: uh, every couple of days it shouldn't require too much water
0: okay and just in case this part cut out i said no offense at all
1: okay good <laughs> Well, if that's all we've got for seeds, I think we're done for.
0: Is that all? I I see outstanding questions on our topic list.
1: Do we? Oh, ask them.
0: Okay. Well, you wrote down, bet you didn't know this was actually a seed. And I want to know what it is.
1: Oh, (laughs) coconuts.
0: (laughs) The the actual coconut?
1: The coconut. There's a seed inside that husk. Isn't that crazy?
0: So if, if you were to put a coconut in the ground, would it like a coconut... Untouched or unbroken or whatever, would it grow a new?
1: I've yeah, plant? I've seen it would grow a new coconut tree or palm tree or whatever the fuck it is. But I saw a photo of a sprouted coconut, and I was like, wait a minute. But That's I don't think wild. all co. I don't know the all the facts, but I don't think all coconuts have seeds in them. But there is like I looked up a diagram, and so you know you have the husk, and then like the coconut part, like the meat of the coconut, and then the yeah. water, and then there's like a big seed on the inside.
0: Yeah, I would not have guessed that. You were right. I did not know that was actually a seed.
1: Mm -hmm. That was like one of the first lines in my seed book. and I was like, I have to write
0: that down. (laughs) I love it. Uh, Next outstanding question. What the fuck is germination?
1: That is... it, it. Sorry, I'm trying to break it down to really simple. It's when you plant the seed and germination. So there's germination time. And basically it's like, how long does it take the seed to sprout? So it's about like the characteristics of like a sprouting seed. How much moisture do you need? How much, how deep do you have to plant it? So germination just relates to the seed so it's, sprouting and it's growing.
0: Like a, a guide or a process.
1: Yeah. So like on any pack of seeds you buy, if you flick it, flip it to the back, it'll tell you what you need to do, how many days it takes to germinate because sometimes it literally, sometimes it takes 14 days, which is like such a long time for you to wait for something to sprout, but also worth it.
0: Yeah, that's a lot of time for you to spend assuming that whatever you've tried to do hasn't actually worked and deciding Mm -hmm. whether or not you should like start over or wait Mm -hmm. it out.
1: Another good seed tip is to if you're planting like seeds in like a tray, wet your soil first instead of planting the seed and watering, because sometimes the water will
0: wash the seed away. Oh, smart.
1: Yeah. So then you're like, oh, my 14 day germination period hasn't passed yet. Is it going to come? And then it never comes and you just wasted all that time and um, you're not allowed to repeat the next question. So I think we're good done.
0: Well, what are your top three edible seeds?
1: My top three edible seeds. Okay, pumpkin seeds, because I'm a basic bitch. Okay. Uh, cheese seeds, because they're really good for you. Okay. Did you know that rice was a seed?
0: I did not know that, but that makes sense.
1: It does. And like white rice is really processed where they remove the germ, and that's why it doesn't have as much nutrients.
0: And like brown rice is more natural, I'm assuming. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. Chickpeas are a seed, and I forgot what the question was.
0: <laughs> top three edible seeds. There you go. What are you, What are your top three? You said pumpkin seed, and then started talking about seeds in general.
1: No chia seeds.
0: Chia seeds your number two.
1: Well, I guess I don't really eat a lot of them, but that's yeah, what I that's think. What, I of. what are your top three?
0: uh Sunflower, pumpkin, and chickpea.
1: I don't know if chickpea. I don't questioning whether chickpeas but i've seen sprouted chickpeas so it must be I, it a seed. wasn't on
0: my list i only had two on the list and then you said chickpea was a seed so i stole it
1: i can't it's a legume but is it also a seed i'm pretty sure it's also a seed
0: uh but, sun, sunflower and pumpkin for sure though
1: yeah those are like the most common ones yeah cause they're um, delicious they are freaking good do you eat the seed shells of the the sunflower, sunflower? ones no okay i That's used good. to i think it's I think it's harsh on digestion.
0: It is. I used to do it, but not anymore. Now I just like, I get all the flavor off it and then eat the seed itself.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, there's like a thing where like seeds are seeds and nuts are really nutritious for you. But then there's also this like, not like, I don't know, double-edged sword where some people can't digest seeds and nuts, so they can't eat them. Mm -hmm.
0: Which I I think
1: is interesting.
0: So sad if that were me.
1: Mhm. Well, you probably you're probably fine since you can eat seed butters and nut butters and all that good
0: stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Like I wasn't worried about it, but like if 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 I had an allergic reaction, I'd be very sad. Mhm.
1: Well, thanks for listening, anyone who's still listening.
0: Everyone's still listening.
1: Mhm. Make sure to rate, comment and subscribe to Tremendous, a podcast about plants. It's Today's a episode. Today's episode's gonna about new, seeds.
0: That's going to be our new intro format.
1: A podcast about dot dot dot. Yeah,
0: whatever we're talking about. Mm-hmm. I I, I, like I liked it too. I went with it. You made me do it twice. It's sticking.
1: And I interrupted twice, which I apologize for.
0: Yeah, but that we're used to that.
1: I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks for listening.
0: Cue the outro.